0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back in, everyone. Bill Roll, along with PJ Glasser, filling in for Chelsea and Jinx today. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. We're going to get to today's NFL Thanksgiving games coming up in mere moments. But, PJ, we were talking about this yesterday on the show. Jinx was going on a rant about a college football official that he is just hoping is not doing the Texas Texas Tech game this weekend because he already feels like the Big 12 has it out for Texas. He's on record from back in August saying that there's going to be some random call that's going to screw texas out of everything and they're going to get messed up with this game so we're talking about officials that just for whatever reason people cannot stand and chelsea made a great point that if you know an official's name probably not a good thing you know we all know about you know Laz diaz in baseball and you know all sorts of different umpires but the guy in the nba right now is scott foster And everybody knows if you've got Scott Foster doing your game, it can be a problem if you're a fan of whichever team. But especially if you're a fan of Chris Paul, who got ejected with two technical fouls six seconds apart by Scott Foster, eighth ejection all time for Chris Paul. And he and Foster have this thing going from way back. And Chris Paul even says, look, I know the guy's making it personal. But you shouldn't use a technical foul to make your point. Just come talk to me.
0: I just, spill. I can't wait for the Hall of Fame speech from Chris Paul and just the portion when he talks about Scott Foster. It's going to be so entertaining. Yeah, I saw the video this morning when we were getting ready for the show. It looked like, you know, they were having a dialogue. Somebody's at the free throw line. I'm not sure who it was in the Suns-Warriors game last night. They are having a conversation. It just kind of escalated. Chris Paul got one tech, and then he kept – chewing out uh, Scott Foster and he got another one, but uh, Chelsea's right. You know, obviously officiating is one of those professions that until you do it, like you you don't appreciate how hard it is, but you know, it comes with the territory. Like you're going to make somebody upset, right? You can never make both fan bases happy. You can never make players on both teams happy. With that being said, there are certainly officials in every sport that, are just the worst. I mean, in you said in the MLB like Laz Diaz is terrible. Angel Angel Hernandez is so bad too. Scott Foster is the guy you think of in the NBA. You know the NFL, Bill, I watch so much NFL football that whenever I'm watching a game and the referee comes on, I'm able to name the ref before they fly the graphic on the TV and I just look at my you know, my friends or coworkers or roommates or whatever, and I'm just like, oh, so and so's ref in this game, you know. So it's one of those things, man. But uh yeah, Chris Paul, Scott Foster, not not friends, that is for sure. Yeah,
1: here here are the numbers on it from his time with the Clippers, Rockets, Oklahoma City, and Phoenix when Scott Foster refereed a game and Chris Paul was playing on any of those teams, thirteen consecutive playoff losses. Thirteen consecutive playoff games they It didn't matter who, what the team was. Thirteen consecutive all-time record, three and seventeen. When Scott Foster referees a game that Chris Paul plays in, that's remarkable. There's a lot more to that than just random luck, right? You don't go three and seventeen when you're CP3 playing on really good teams over your career with Scott Foster refereeing, and it's just chance.
0: Yeah, and now it's got to be in his head at this point, right? Like whenever he's playing oh, a game, yeah. whenever he's playing a game and he see Foster's doing it, he's got to be like, "Oh no!" I guess now that he's got you know Steph as a teammate, he's like, "Steph, you're you're just you're going to need to carry the team tonight because with this guy reffing, it's just not going to be my night."
1: Maybe he just goes to Draymond and says, "Look, he could, probably he's only going to throw out one guy tonight. So can you just go ahead and get thrown out, and maybe I'll right. survive this game." Draymond would probably do that for him. All right, let's talk thanksgiving nfl of course their biggest day pj you said it in the first uh segment here that this is kind of like when everybody goes all right where are we how are we just now playing for the draft pick? we're gonna start playing young guys we're gonna try to keep our quarterback of the future from getting hurt because we're you know two and eight two and nine where do you want to start do you want to just go down here in in order of the games packers yeah. lions come in all right we'll start there. Yeah, packers, Lions. Lions seven and a half, 350 on the money line. Packers plus 275, total 47. This is usually a game historically where Green Bay is coming in and they would be favored by seven or more points. They would be looking to solidify their spot at the top of the NFC North. But don't look now, but Dan Campbell and company with just two losses, PJ, still outside shot at getting that number one seed, for the NFC, I know Philly's up there already at 9 and 1. They've only got one loss. They've got a couple of tough games coming up. The Lions, they're going to be sneaky. They could end up the, as the 2 seed in the NFC playoffs.
0: Certainly could. I they might have their sets uh they might have their eyes set even higher, Bill. I mean, you know, obviously Philadelphia is 9 and 1 and they have Buffalo this week, then they have San Francisco and Dallas the next 2 weeks. I'm not sure who would win the tiebreaker between Detroit and Philadelphia, if they win with the same record, I think it comes down to division record, maybe common opponent and things like that. So obviously time will tell, but certainly... The Lions, I think, in the NFC, Bill, need home field more than any other team, right? Like, when we talk about NFC teams that can go to the Super Bowl, me personally, I think it's only Philadelphia and San Francisco. Maybe Dallas, potentially. They certainly have the talent. I don't know if I could trust them to do it. However, if the Lions get the one seed, it's much like Miami for me in the AFC. Like, I don't think Miami can go to the Super Bowl unless they get home field advantage and they're able to play in South Beach and I think for Detroit it's the same thing so obviously every game from here on out is huge for them they're going to win the division at this point you know the Dobbs story is nice with Minnesota they still have to play Detroit twice so Detroit can kind of seal this thing when they face them over the next couple weeks and then obviously the Bears are one of the worst teams and the Packers have struggled all season so it's great to see the Lions in a spot like this Best record since 1962, Bill, which is just it's crazy that it's been that long. Now, obviously, all three of the games today, we have big favorites. All three, San Francisco, Dallas, and Detroit, all touchdown favorites or higher. Since they implemented the third Thanksgiving game back in 2006, that would be the first time that that ever happens if all three of these games close with the favorite being over a touchdown. And Bill, normally Thanksgiving... It's pretty easy to handicap, right? You take the favorites and then you fade Dallas, and that's just that's just the way it's been. I mean, Detroit since 2016, this is the first time they are being they're favored in a Thanksgiving game. If you go back the last 30 years, they're 8-0 straight up when they Are A favorite and then the favorite in the Lions Thanksgiving game has has been ridiculous as of late. I think they're like 14 and four or something like that. So I do like Detroit today. You know, I I think it's it's tough for me to think that they're going to have two bad performances in a row. You know that Bears game. They had a ton of turnovers. They should have lost found a way to win. I think after that, you know, it'll get them to refocus and they're going up against the Packers team who has had a stranglehold of this division forever. So now that the Lions are kind of in the position where the Packers used to find themselves so many times and the Packers are kind of in the position that the Lions found themselves in. I think this is one of those games, Bill, where it's kind of almost like a changing of the guard a little bit, right? Where, like, Detroit is going to be the team that you're going to have to go through in this division over the next couple years. So uh, I like Detroit today. I'd lay the eight with them. I think their offense rolls. Maybe look at an over in this game because, obviously, with them being at Ford Field, you know their offense is going to score. And their defense is giving up some points as of late. Gave up 38 to Baltimore, 38 to the Chargers, gave up 26 last week to the Bears. So, kind of like over 47. I like the Lions minus eight. And then, what I like about this game, Bill, is you can take Lions on the money line and you can also parlay it with one of the Lions players to score. In anytime touchdown. So, David Montgomery to score in the Lions' money line, that's a minus 105. Love that quite a bit. So, maybe it's not Montgomery. Maybe you want to take a shot at Gibbs, Amon Ra. Maybe you want to take Laporta, but another way to attack this game as well.
1: It's amazing, too. And we'll move on af- off this game. We'll talk about it a little bit later on the show as well. That Green Bay right now is the eighth seed in the NFC playoff picture at four wow. and six because mm-hmm. of washington dropping that game to new york last week washington would be right there but that loss to new york dropped them from eighth to twelfth in the nfc playoff picture so let's talk about it. commanders at the cowboys the second thanksgiving day game dallas big heavy favorites in this one uh they're all the way up to 13 and a half that i saw this morning almost a two touchdown favorite so where are you going here commanders at cowboys big nfc east rival usually The number doesn't matter, especially when these two teams are playing on Thanksgiving. Got a huge history of wild Thanksgiving Day games. Are we going to get another edition of that this year?
0: You know, we might. I don't think Washington's going to win the game, but I certainly think they cover. I bought it up to 14, Bill. Now that it's at 13 and a half, you can lay minus 120 juice. I have no problem doing that and getting the full two touchdowns. This is just how the NFL works, right? Washington loses last week against Tommy DeVito and the Giants as nine-point favorites, and now they're going to go on the road and they're going to play Dallas tough because that's just that's how the NFL works. Now, Dallas, you normally love them in these spots when they're at home playing a terrible team, laying a big number. They usually cover these spreads with ease. They've been dominant at home, but they aren't on Thanksgiving. This is the one time when you usually fade them. Built one in 11 against the spread in their last 12 Thanksgiving games. Dak usually struggles on Turkey day and the commanders historically. And as of late, it feels like when they play Dallas on Thanksgiving, tend to play him really well, tend to win these games for the most part. Remember when RG three went in there as a rookie, they won that game. They won like five years ago as well. Antonio Gibson ran wild on them. So Ron Rivera's coaching for his job. Uh, if they get blown out by 30 or 40 today, Bill, he could be gone this week, potentially. But uh, I expect, I expect a good effort from Washington today. I think they can hang around, keep the game close. So I'd take them plus the points.
1: Where are you on the total 48 and a half Dallas averaging 40 points a game at home in their four home games this year?
0: You know, it's tough because when I feel good about a side, I usually try and correlate it to like which side of the total I could see. Right. So, you figure Dallas is going to score. If Washington's going to keep this game close, you would think they're going to need to score as well. Like Washington's defense just isn't good enough to keep Dallas below 20 points, especially with their offense being at home. So for Washington to keep this thing close, Bill, I'm thinking it's going to have to be like a 31-24, you know, 31-20 kind of game. So I would, I would probably look at that over 48-and-a-half. If you like Washington like me, I think that would probably correlate to the over.
1: Any uh, any time touchdown guys you like on either side?
0: Logan Thomas would be a guy that I would watch out for. These Washington receivers, McLaurin, Dotson, Samuel, they're all about like four or five receptions every single week. But Thomas is the one guy that has good value that Hal's really been targeting. Tell you the prop that I love, Bill. Hal, over 39 and a half pass attempts. Really like in this game. He's had 40 or more in seven of his last eight games, right? And you figure the game script in this one is going to be a lot of throwing. Now, Bienemy loves throwing. You're probably going to run a little bit more today than you would in previous games just because you want to slow down that Dallas pass rush just a little bit. But with that being said, Washington's probably going to be playing catch-up the whole game. They're probably going to play from behind. So over 39 and a half pass attempts, again, he's gotten 40 or more in seven of his last eight games. So uh, I like that prop today for Hal.
1: All right, finally, the last game, Seahawks at 49ers. It's gone up to 7 now in favor of San Francisco. They're minus 300 on the money line. Seahawks plus 230. The total, a little low maybe at 43. I kind of like the over in this one because I like San Francisco's offense here. I do
0: too. Um I would put the Niners in a teaser. I'd tease them down to one and then maybe take a look at some other games on the slate this week in Week 12. Because, Bill, there are so many games this week on the NFL card where the spread is one, one and a half. You can tease some of those teams up to seven. So I think with the Niners, you do the opposite. They're at seven and you tease them down to one. I feel really good about them winning the game until somebody can show me that they can even keep it close with San Francisco when they're fully healthy on offense, no way I'm betting against them, especially with Gino banged up dealing with that shoulder injury. We know what a tough place Seattle is to play at, especially at night, especially when the Niners are in town, but uh, really, really like this, this matchup for San Francisco on the, the short week. And uh, I I think they take care of business. Seven's a big number, especially in a divisional game on the road. So I'm just going to tease them down. I I feel good about them winning the game. And then, uh, yeah, you're over. I I think we could certainly get some points too. I just, I think Seattle's defense is a a touch overrated. And uh, again, with that Niners offense, fully healthy, Brock Purdy's playing great again. I, I think they can go over this total.
1: It's interesting because if Seattle were to pull off the upset, then you're looking at both of them being 7-4 and four in that division. Then it's a race to the yep. end. It's a big difference between finishing as the division winner or the wild card because obviously with New Orleans down there at just 500 going into the week at 5-5, five and five, you win the division, you're a top three seed. You're not going to have to worry about getting passed, I don't think, by the Saints. So this is a pretty big game. You open up a two-game lead, probably got it done, taken care of, the so- We'll see. We'll talk more NFL a little bit later on the show. Coming up next, some NBA futures. We'll find out who P.J. likes, your MVP, your Rookie of the Year, maybe even a title contender as well. We'll do that on the other side. Bill Rowland and P.J. Glass are in for Chelsea and Jinx here this morning. This is the Daily Tip from BetQL presented. By BetMGM.
0: What's up, everybody? Nick Costos here from You Better You Bet, wishing you and yours a happy Thanksgiving from all of us here at the BetQL Network. Now go enjoy some food and good luck on all your bets.
1: (laughs) Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. All right, welcome back in, everyone. Bill Rowland, along with PJ Glass, are filling in for Chelsea and Jinx on this Thanksgiving Day. We'll get to your college football matchups coming up over the weekend. In the eight o'clock hour, we'll talk to you about how each of the top college teams can make it to the college football playoff. We've got PJ in, of course, big Alabama fans. We'll get his take on whether he thinks his Crimson Tide can get there. All right, PJ, before we get to NBA futures in this segment, we get all the time, working on the show, stuff from BetMGM. Here are the numbers. Here's the tickets. Here's how much money is coming in on various events. It's always fun to look at the spreadsheets and see where the money's coming in on these things. So the Hero World Challenge Golf Event, right? We get an email from our guys at BetMGM. I think it was yesterday. It might have been the day before. Anyway, in the last couple of days. And immediately, what catches my eye, Tiger Woods, is going to play first off that's big news because he hasn't played in forever yep he's teeing off opening up at 40 to 1 odds yet he has more ticket and more money on him than any other golfer in this event this is why they keep building bigger and better hotels in vegas all the time what are people thinking
0: I don't know, Bill, but next time somebody wants to bet on Tiger to win a golf tournament, they should just Venmo you and me some money, all right? I mean, it's like you're just making a donation at this point. I get people bet for on what they want to root for, right? And, like, obviously people want to see Tiger win. They want to see Tiger do well. Golf is exciting when Tiger's in the final group on a Sunday, when he's in contention. Like, that's when golf's at its peak. That's when it's at its best. With that being said, though, Bill, like, you just got to use common sense, man. Like, the guy, he has trouble walking. You know, he he can't, he's not the same guy that he once was. And the game of golf right now, there are so many talented guys right now. And there's a really good field this week at the Hero World Challenge. So, I, uh, yeah, man, I'm with you. If I, Bill, to be honest, I'm surprised the odds are that low at 40 to 1. Because, honestly, you could make it 100 to 1. You can make it a 1000 to one. I still wouldn't bet it. Like, he's not, he's not going to win. So, yeah. People, Lorenzo's this is, ask TS, me, is this
1: even Is this even a value play where people go, hey, I'm getting Tiger at 40 to one. How often am I going to get Tiger at 41? Because the guy who's second as far as the tickets is Ricky Fowler. He's gotten 12.5% of the tickets, and he's at 20 to one. So, the top two guys as far as the tickets go are two pretty big long shots.
0: There are. Yeah. Now the Ricky one, I think, I think is a solid play, right? Because you see some of the names competing, obviously the Schefflers, the Hovlands, the Morikawas, but Ricky showed last season. I mean, he put together a stretch where he was finishing like top 15 for 10 straight weeks. So that I can see. And again, people really like Ricky he's one of the most popular players on tour. And if they feel like he's going to win, they're going to bet on him so that, they they were already going to root for him, so they might as well root for him and make some money at the same time. Um, that is interesting, though, that he's he's taking the second you know most amount because Hovland's going to be an extremely popular pick this week in all the majors. Scheffler obviously is just a top five machine, um, so it is it is surprising to see Ricky as uh, as one of the favorites. But it's all about the price, I think. When people are betting golf, that's that's what they look at. You know, they unless it's Tiger. When they're looking at the names, people are just really shopping prices. And uh, they see Ricky, who's been playing good golf here the last couple of years. They see a 20-to-1, and uh, they're taking a shot at it.
1: Yeah, again, this is a smaller field. We should remind people, in case you don't know, it's not like a PGA tournament. We have 120 or whatever it is that start. There's only 40, I think, in this field. It might not even be 40. Is it only 30 in this field? 20? I don't, I'm not uh, even sure exactly how many it is. I'm looking at the board here. It, it might only be 20 now that I'm looking at it. And Tiger at 40 to one is next to last. Lucas Glover at 50 to one is the longest of long shots in the field. Now, yeah, looking at it as I count down, I think it's only a 20 man field. So I guess maybe you can make an argument that you gotta if you know if everything's even, Tiger's got a five percent chance of winning. So if you're getting 40 to one, but if he finishes even in the top 10. In a 20-man field, I'll be impressed this weekend.
0: Agreed. It's not that, you know, his game obviously isn't what it was at its peak. The game's still good, Bill. It's the physical, like, walking every single day and then doing that for four days – Walking 18 holes, recovering, because all it takes is one bad lie, bad lie out of a bunker, one bad lie in the rough, something to tweak something or hurt him. And then, you know, like we've seen it over the last couple of years when he's playing, right? He could be good on a Thursday, and then Friday it's wet and rainy, he gets a bad lie in a bunker, and then he, he starts stretching a little bit. He starts flexing out his shoulder, and something just isn't quite right. So, I mean, that's what you that's what you got to worry about with Tiger is just – can he stay consistently healthy over four days? And with this being his first competitive tournament back, I just, you never doubt Tiger to ever do anything. I mean, he's kind of earned that, but uh, I i will probably end up doubting him to win this
1: tournament. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, let's move <laughs> on here. NBA Futures, talk about the championship odds. So you can see Boston and Denver still right up there at the top. Denver's closed it a little bit. Uh, they're now down to plus 425 to repeat boston sitting there is the favorite at plus 375 milwaukee plus 450 phoenix is plus 700 seems like it's kind of a four-team race here pj and golden state philadelphia the lakers and clippers are all under 20 to 1 or right at 20 to 1 in the case of the clippers but it almost seems like it's boston denver milwaukee phoenix and then you're just throwing your money and hoping for a long shot at that point do you trust any of those other teams outside those top four
0: Outside of those other top four, I mean, probably Golden State, I would say, right? Just because they've kind of shown us that that they can do it. And as long as Curry's healthy, you can't ever underestimate them. I didn't think Chris Paul was the best addition in the offseason. I certainly think that they could have added other pieces, maybe younger pieces to help out. But as long as Curry's healthy, um, you can never count out Golden State. That would be the team that I, I probably trust the most, but... Bill, it's tough for me to not see how we don't get Denver and Boston in the NBA Finals. Like It's just Denver, they're such a machine with, with their starting lineup and who they bring off the bench, and they're so well-connected. They're 7-0 at home. They don't lose in Denver. Jokic is the favorite to win the MVP. The guy just consistently gets better and better and better every year. And then we were talking about at the start of the show – Boston, you know, their best challenger, it appears on paper, is going to be Milwaukee. We'll see what happens with Philadelphia, maybe if they make a move at the trade deadline. But at Boston, with those additions of Holiday and Porzingis, I mean, it's those guys really uh, fit what Boston does well. Porzingis gives them an outside dimension where they can stretch the floor And then Drew Holiday, you know, just the two-way player that he is offensively and defensively. The way that Boston can guard teams on the perimeter with Tatum, Brown, and Holiday, no other team can do what they do. And then, obviously, you combine their defense with how they're able to score on the offensive end. When we start getting in playoff basketball, Bill, and as you know, the game shortens, it becomes more half-court. Like, that's where Boston's going to excel with their personnel. So... I just think it, it, it's such an advantage for them in that aspect. So to answer your question, you know, the NBA, as we know, tends to be a pretty chalky sport after last year. And with what the Heat did, I think maybe everybody's looking for this year's Miami, and maybe we get it. I just, at this point in time, Bill, I just think Boston and Denver are on a collision course. I I really don't see how we don't get those two teams, barring, barring an injury, uh, those two teams in the finals.
1: Yeah, I know I'm with you. And it's funny we were just talking about how Tiger Woods at forty to one, everybody's on that. I just can't I, I know they're I know they have LeBron. I know they have Anthony Davis, but I just can't buy into the Lakers at 18 to one. Because all it's going to take is one injury here or there. And if they're a four or five or six seed going into the playoffs, yes, they're the team that you don't want to play, but I also think that they're the team that could absolutely go out in the first round.
0: Would you rather place a ticket on Milwaukee or Phoenix to win the NBA finals? Like, who would you trust more there? Because I think Milwaukee definitely I trust more to stay healthier, but I think the upside with Phoenix, if those big three can stay on the court, are the better or the better team and the better play.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the question is can I get Bradley Beal healthy? Can I keep Kevin Durant? healthy I mean that's the problem it's Devin Booker going to be healthy because he wasn't at the beginning of the year there's no doubt I think if you look at the the top three guys Phoenix's top three are as good as anybody else's in the league the question is are you going to have them for every single game every single night and the answer right now has been no and that's a problem
0: Agreed. yeah and then you know, some of these other teams like Philadelphia, look, getting Nick Nurse in, instead of Doc Rivers, is that's huge. And getting rid of James Harden and getting that vibe out of locker room, I think that's big as well. I love Tyrese Maxey. Embiid's obviously the reigning MVP. It just does feel like there's still one more piece away. Like, like a Drew Holiday on that team would be perfect. Like somebody like, they kind of need that guy. And I, I just, I, I don't think they have that third piece to go along with Embiid and Maxi, So I can't get there with Philly. You know, you were talking about LA. I'm with you. I can't trust him. Cause I just don't think they're going to stay healthy Dallas. It feels like they're a third piece away too. You have Luca, you have Kyrie, which is great. Derek Lively, the rookie out of Duke's been an awesome pick for them. He's really playing well, but it, yeah, it just feels like they're, they're another piece away too. So I, it'd be it'd be Denver or Boston for me. I know a lot of people are like, you know, try and find us this 25, 30 to one team that you think could make a run. It's just, I just don't think it's going to happen this year in the NBA.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. And you brought him up. It's like saying Juice. You said James Harden. That is not working with the Clippers no. right now. That's been an absolute disaster.
0: Oh my God. Yeah, they're six and seven. Now they are in a three-game win streak, so they're starting to put together some win. But you're right. I mean... You know, he's in a situation. He wants to go somewhere, and then he gets tired of it. He's not winning. He's hurt. He's not enjoying himself, and then he wants to move on. But you want to talk about trust, Bill. Oh, my goodness. Harden, Kawhi, Paul George, trying to trust them through a playoff run. I I could not be less interested in the Los Angeles Clippers.
1: Yeah, it's the only thing that it's nice about it. It's going to be fun to watch how it all plays out cuz Russell Westbrook has already said, "Hey, put me on the second unit. I'll go ahead and lead." I mean, it's wild how things are going down out there. So, we'll see how it all plays out. But yeah, I think I'm with you. It's got to be one of those top 4 and then and then nobody else is really that good. So, all right, coming back on the other side, Bill on and PJ Glass are in for Chelsea and Jinx. We'll talk a little college football it's rivalry feast week whatever you want to call it great games coming up this is the daily tip from betql presented by betmgm for more listen to the daily tip presented by betmgm weekday mornings from 6 to 9 eastern on the betql network the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts